familiar tune, which means it's time for the PowerWorks podcast coming to you from the Rofe Hotel downtown Dubai's epic podcast studio. My name is James Pikeway. Glenn Power is here. Ready. Morning. We're still in the morning. (laughs) We're still in the morning. Yeah. You know, podcasting is great because it could be any time of the day. We could be coming to you from anywhere on the planet. Yeah. We're coming to you from Dubai and it is still morning. Just still morning, another 40 minutes. <laughs> 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And, and, and I, I actually, I noticed we did speak about Red Bull and there is a little clip of us, I believe it's up on YouTube right now, talking about, you know, the, the drinks of what we do here on the program. And it's interesting, as I then went back through more and more of our files, I'm looking, Red Bull features predominantly in everything we do on this particular podcast. Yeah, I mean, you've noticed when I come into the room, I sort of fill myself with as much high-protein food as I can, as quick as I can, and water and juice and whatever liquids I can, because I don't get a chance at work. And that's not me wanting people to play the violin for me. That's just the way it is. It's like, yes, I get like an hour to sit down. So I'll just drink and eat as much as you can. Yeah. So... um it's just one of those things when Red Bull just gives me that little bit. Gives you wings. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I was really confused. I was about, I don't know, maybe seven, maybe, when that advert first came about. Maybe a little bit older, thinking, what? Because I didn't really understand the whole caffeine thing at that point. Yeah. I didn't even realise it was a big thing. I, I always was, why do people drink coffee? It's horrible. And obviously getting older and realising oh, you know actually when you've not slept because you've decided to have children caffeine's pretty pretty handy <laughs> you're pretty handy oh you, you were asking about Dr. Jenna she was not in for today's podcast uh, experiencing air conditioning problems uh, oh. air conditioning is either arctic or tropical she doesn't have it in between so mm-hmm. yeah that's un- un- unfortunate I've got to say thanks to her she was repping a PowerWorks mask the other day at nursery drop-off, Amy saw her there. There we go. Sharing nursery. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, that's good and, stuff. And you're, you're, this podcast is so popular, you're now recognized from your voice from the podcast. I get a message that I ran into Glenn. I knew, I knew it was him because I hear him on the podcast. Because instantly I started talking and <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> so, I wonder why, what happened to that guy. He walked in through the front door and I was like, hi, how you doing? He no, just no. like keeled over and headbutted the side of the container. Even worse, he's, he lives in your community. So he, oh, okay. he recognized you from your voice, from listening to the podcast. And he goes, he's in my community. Fair enough. Yeah, so I thought that was uh, yeah, David Craig. He, I oh, think right, he, he yeah. must be driving a Jeep. Uh, no, it's not Jeep. Nitro. It's a Dodge, a Dodge Nitro. Yeah. yeah, which he told me was really not in good shape, but it's not that bad, really. Yeah. And to be fair, those things, look, they're, they're in, let's say, they're unique in how they look, right? Yeah. Which I appreciate on a car. Yeah, yeah. It makes a change. Yeah, it's very square. It's and, very interesting. Yeah, and it's like sort of kind of got running boards and it's... <laughs> There's a bit on top of a bit on top of a bit and it's really wide. Fair play. But it was not that bad. Okay. Told me he never looked after it and yeah, we gave him a list of stuff, but he's 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 got his eyes set on a new car which we've been to have a look at. So Nice. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realise it was him. Oh, okay. I I think the first time I'd heard David Craig was did you do the the men's challenge. Men's health, health challenge, challenge yeah. didn't you, yeah. with him? Men's that health was the first time I'd heard of him. Obviously, I followed okay. that. Um, now, in the UK, there's, and you, you may or may not have heard of him, but there's a 
there's like a, a, a British artist called Craig David. Yes, yeah. And I'm sure he gets confused uh, all the I'm, time. I'm sure, and he also works in music, right? He's yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. I'm sure he gets confused all the time, but hey, um, I didn't realize David, I knew his name was David. That's all I knew. Okay. So then when I actually met him, because I've been dealing with his, his, wife, his wife, yeah, and then he was in the house when I went to drop the car off. So yeah, all good. There we go. Well, that's good. And uh, always good to hear that a Jeep owner is happy. and Or a, a Dodge, you know, Dodge Jeep. And we've had fun and games this week with two Jeeps. Oh no. Pain in the neck, two of them. Grand Cherokees, both exactly the same. One had an issue with a starting problem, which was fuel pressure. There was no okay. fuel pressure, so put a fuel pump on there. But in the process of diagnosing that the fuel pump was faulty, obviously we check and make sure the relay and the fuses and everything, the wiring's all okay. And we open the fuse box up. We've never seen this car before. And somebody's decided to take power because the fuse box has failed, which seems to be, I thought was a General Motors issue here. Uh, yeah. Chevrolets, GMCs, we get it all the time. Fuse, fuse boxes fail. Yeah. How, how does a fuse box The fail? pins separate, they overheat with really? drawing excessive current and arcing out and stuff. And then the pins fall out and they... Wow. But this Jeep had obviously got the same problem. So then instead of fixing that, they'd taken a loop from the power for the oh, cigarette no. lighter fuse. Of course, no one uses that And one. then loops that over to the fuse where just but with just a wire on the top. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, How the, does that pass? To the fuel pump. How, where did they get this thing fixed? At the side of the I'm road? I'm not sure. I'm not, I mean, it worked road. to, yeah. to okay. a point, but obviously... It sounds like an emergency fix to me. So then we get that rectified pump still doesn't work put the pump in it car runs starts goes out next day battery's died oh. okay maybe the it's just gotten tired over all the yeah. amount of cranking it's had and then obviously when you put a new fuel pump in the lines are empty it needs bleeding so you're cranking the engine quite a long time to to get that bled out put a battery on it battery goes on immobiliser just won't have it just kicks us out. There's no way to start the car. It won't read any key. Contact the customer. Have you got a second key? Yeah, we have, but it stopped working. I can give it to you, but I know it doesn't work. And then, like, the car's laughing at me. I'm in there trying to prepare the key. <laughs> and it's never... It, all it was saying was key fob not detected. Yeah. So it wasn't reading that the key was there. We put a battery in the key, tried, got another key made and paired, and yeah. still wasn't having it. And I'm trying and pairing it. And then, as I was pairing the key with the diagnostic tool... The dashboard lit up, made a bong, and then it just come up, key damaged, exclamation mark, and then everything went off. As though it was like saying, stop trying, the key's no good. And then just, that was it then. So <laughs> this is what it, Someone's got a sense of humor with these things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm laughing, but that, that just sounds like it's enough to make you just angry. Yeah, and, and well, we got sorted in the end. Um, the good thing so about, what was the issue? What was what was the problem? Yeah, the, the receiver, the antenna that picks up the signal for the for the key, yeah. wasn't reading the signal, so okay. replaced it and sorted it, and it's okay. But then, yeah. one thing leads to another thing leads to another. Yeah, thing. yeah, and and look on the job card, it says vehicle not starting. Yeah, fix it. Goes out. The next time the job card comes in, it says vehicle not starting. <laughs> so it looks like three days later. There's a problem which we haven't fixed from the first time. Yeah. It was a totally different issue. And then we fixed that. And then guess what? Vehicle not starting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at this point, you're, you're, you're scratching your head going, yeah, come on. So, come you know, on. You just, you DJ. Just, you, get, you get these things. Yeah. These things. Um, what was the other one? What was the other Grand Cherokee? The other one was a suspension fault. Okay. Air suspension. 
So Grand Cherokees have air suspension in them? Or? Yeah. Okay. And to be fair, much, much better and reliable, more reliable than sort of the Land Rover stuff. Yeah, that's what I was and, thinking. And you know, you get an Overland Grand Cherokee. I mean, the SRT, yeah, fair enough. They're a great car, but the Overland Grand Cherokee is probably one of the most comfortable cars. Really? It's up there with a the Range Rover when you drive them. Wow. Really, really nice and comfortable. The air suspension works, tend to be trouble-free. But this one had a leaking air spring on the left-hand side. So okay. we fixed the left-hand side. Now, can you fix the left-hand side without doing the right-hand side? Well, you should, obviously, <laughs> is the best practice thing of changing them both. Yeah, that's but, what, but it's cost. expense, right? Yeah. You're talking over 2000 just for the spring, let alone the work, and then wow. you've got to calibrate the height and everything else. So we do that. And then the suspension starts to go down on the back. And then randomly it'll go down on the right-hand side, but there's no leaks. So, okay, there's a valve block in there which controls the direction and distribution of air, so we get a valve oh can't get one 15 days oh come on while we're waiting we'll just make sure and double check so we make sure and double check and we figure out a problem fix the problem and then the actual connections on top of the springs on the front they start to leak how is that possible so then we fix those we we, we can't get just that from from jeep from chrysler you have to buy the whole line there's a company online that this is obviously a common issue and they, they sell you a, a quick coupling so you can cut the uh, old one off and quick mm. coupling theirs on and screw it in and it works. That one's sorted. Park the car and then the easiest way to check if it's dropping down is if you just pull some masking tape tight on the wheel arch to the wheel. Okay. And then if it's dropped down, the masking tape sa- masking tape will sag. So right, we that's, do. That's a good, that's so a good tech. That's nice a, and easy. That's it's a good tip. You can do easy, that at home. Yeah, it's an easy visual. Yeah. So we do that. Lo and behold, the next morning it's down on the left-hand side. What? <laughs> right, okay. So we do. So it's it. taken time for it to go down. It's yeah, not going it's down gone fast. overnight though. It's gone down. Yeah. So we cal- recalibrate, sort it out. Yeah, no more leak. Great. But it's not quite level. Right, so we'll recalibrate it. Going through the calibration process, the right-hand side air spring bursts while we're calibrating it. <laughs> so then we're halfway through calibration, which has a hard fault in the control unit. It will not allow any operation of the system until the calibration's finished but we can't get the valve closed to stop the air going to that side to allow us to change the cushion because it's in calibration so that was a nice head scratcher as well then we obviously get around that put a new spring on the right hand side go to do the recalibration again compressors weak it's worn out from all the leaks and all the running it's had over the last week of constantly being in operation so those can't be cheap no no and then can you rebuild it yeah but we we can rebuild it but we'd have to buy the parts from an outsourced company okay. and ship them you'd probably talk you 15 days and a couple of days to do the work and we had a 15 day issue yeah put one on and, and get it out of here but yeah I mean I don't really have much bad to say about Grand Cherokees they're pretty good and well, I do like say I like the Overland the top spec one mm. and the SRTs are special yeah <laughs> yeah I like the SRTs they are they're cool but nightmare with them this week that's just the way it goes sometimes what else you got going on in the shop I always like I always like hearing the stories and I haven't been buying a bit so yeah we've had a few new guys we've just, I, oh I, that's I, good I, we've, we've added three more techs to wow. the floor it's a busy shop yeah and um me and DJ have been trying to handle all the VW group stuff and making sure that that's because it's just it's just quicker and more efficient. Mm. And while we've had extra people, we've now got more people than ramps. 
so we've had a situation where you know if I'm if I'm doing something on an Audi or a VW or something, I can get one of the guys that's maybe not got a ramp and just say, right, shadow me. This is how we do it because there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Yeah. And and this happens with mechanics, and it probably happens in all trades. It's probably the same if you're a barber or if whatever. If if you're a teacher, you have a way of doing it, and then you'll have a colleague there saying, "Oh, but what about doing this?" And it just annoys you. Well, it does me. So it's like, what? About, <laughs> go, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> this is how I'm doing it. But you know, we, we got um, we've had a run of. Uh, two litre turbocharged engines at the VW Group with um, compressors seizing up. Oh, come on. Um, and we had that many that I decided we'd take it apart. So me and DJ stripped it, uh, stripped one of them to try and figure out and just the bearings are falling out of them and hmm. getting seized and it's just, so just people the heat, aren't servicing them. Okay. Just oil starvation and the bearings right. are getting dry and then falling out of place. People need to know that. That, you know, hey, if you don't, if these things get oil starved, it's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah, well, that's what people don't realize, you know, like you can go and say to somebody, my AC's not working. They just literally will just put gas in there until <laughs> yeah. it starts cooling. Yeah, don't do that. And it's not great. You know, you've got to, you've got to get the air out that's in the system that's replaced that gas that you've lost. You Needs need, a little bit of oil. You need the oil in there. Yeah. Um, it's so, because in all of these instances, so we had three. One was a Tiguan, one was a Q3, and one was a A6. All with the same engine. Yeah. Uh, the A6 was... The Tiguan's got the same engine in those these things? Yeah, two litre really? turbocharged, yeah. Okay. So I want a Tiguan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got the compressor off, but in all of these situations, the compressor had seized and it snapped the belt. <sighs> now the belt, before it snaps, Takes skids up. around, yeah. leaves all of its rubber on all of the other pulleys which if you leave the slightest piece on those pulleys, it will throw the next belt off and the next belt off. So we had to clean all the pulleys. The heat can sometimes, it didn't in any of these, but we've had it in, in the past where the heat will damage the main crank pulley, which drives all the belt circuit because there's a rubber damper inside of that and it will melt it. Which is the, the, the lesson here, and we're going to get, I'm going to let you finish, but I want to interrupt, is that if a belt breaks, something seizes, it stops. Stop your vehicle right away, get on. Yeah, well, this is the problem, right? Just stop right away. This is the issue. So if you lose your belt on this particular configuration that we're talking about, you lose alternator. <sighs> you lose AC, obviously, with yeah. compressor seize. You've probably felt that going to start with. Then you'll get a horrible noise, a horrible smell. You'll lose alternator, so you'll lose battery charging. Mm. Um, now... That's not good. No. That's not <laughs> in any in any way, shape, or form. I mean, the A6, the customer, has is, is, been a, a long-time customer. He's a doctor, and he works in Abu Dhabi. So he's commuting with that. But he lives this side in Dubai. Yeah. And he's doing a huge drive every day. And he, now he's driving a... Like a, Jenna, he's a got to go to work because yeah. he's a doctor, and he's saving yeah. people's lives. He's not messing around like we are. He's actually doing something yeah. valuable. So, like, he's doing... Hey, 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 these podcasts are valuable. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. But he's doing something important. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I need my car. Yeah. And then he rings me and says, oh, um, there's a bit of a noise. My AC's <laughs> gone off. Oh, no. And now oh, no. I've been driving for five minutes, but now my battery light's come on. Oh, no, no. Yeah, your belt's broken, I would guess. Um, where are you? Oh, well, I'm like 10 minutes from home. I was like, just no. stop and send me a location. I'll send a truck. Yeah. Are you over the border? Yeah. Okay, I'll send a truck from Dubai to pick you up. Yeah. No location. Obviously, I'm busy doing other stuff. It wasn't like yeah. I was on tenterhooks waiting. Yeah. And then sort of 20 minutes, 25 minutes later, I've caught 
not forgotten about it, but it's the back of my mind. Oh yeah, Glenn, I made it home. Cars oh, on the no, drive. Well, he no, made it home, but now no. the battery's toast. <laughs> so the, the battery's, battery's toast. The whole car's got a problem now. So like, it was what it was, and, and yeah. we, we did it. But yeah, we um, we stripped the compressor down to figure out why we were getting so many. And it, it's a, a hundred. And this is why we talked about making videos for the reception and, yeah. and sort of kind of tongue in cheek, so people would pay attention to them. Yeah. Um, bit of British toilet humour thrown in there if you like but we people need to understand what an AC service is it's not yeah. just it's it's not just an upsell it's yeah. not just a matter of putting gas in there to make the AC cool that is the last thing you need to do yeah. um, and, and you don't actually know what's going in you know we, we get situations in the UK where people put propane and butane in their AC system because it works really well AC works really, Does really it really well. Work well, but it's that's, kind that's of dangerous. flammable, and you've got a big Kinda. thing on the front of your car <laughs> called a condenser, which if you hit somebody, is going to leak all that flammable gas out instantly. Yeah. So you know these things happen all over the world, everywhere. Nowhere's different, and you know to to understand the benefit of a two hundred dirham AC service once a year. Yeah. For me, it's a no-brainer, and it's easy. It's that, but it sounds easy to say. It sounds like I'm just trying to line my pockets. Yeah. So you yeah. know, it's it's that time of year. My EC works beautifully in my vehicle. I mean, I oh, gotta dear. say, when it works beautifully, but it's the time of year where when the temperature hits fifty, you know, and you could be somewhere where it's sandy, whatever. It hits fifty. My EC still works. But it doesn't work like it does when it's 40. Yeah. And I, so I, I instantly noticed when you were talking about temperatures rising, I can attest that it's been pretty darn warm because my AC works beautifully. But at, there's a certain temperature yeah, where- there's a threshold where you just yeah, can't do much. It's, you know, it's, it's cooling, but it's not cooling like it does when it's 10 degrees cooler. Yeah. So it's, you know, and that's when, and that's when I'm driving. And as soon as that, I hit that threshold, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going- is my temperature my car rising? Is yeah. everything working okay? Am I hearing any funny noises? Because yeah. I'm just now I'm paranoid, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we look, we probably read it, right? This part of the world has been tagged, unfortunately, now that, you know, in the next 50 years, regardless of what happens, climate control and, and actually trying to reverse or at least reduce some of our impact on it, yeah. this part of the world could be potentially uninhabitable wow, in the next like, 50 years. Well, we'll probably hopefully both of us still be alive at that point yeah and and people always think well what about you know ac and triple pane glass ac can't work it yeah. needs to be able to there's a there's a, a, a temperature exchange through a, a control process of changing state of matter you've got a gas to a liquid a liquid to a gas and in order to do that you need a certain temperature outside you need a certain amount of cooling for the system to work and yeah. it and and regardless of your AC, it's, it's going to get to the point where it's too hot to work. And, and you have that in a car because one of the things that people don't appreciate with vehicle AC as opposed to in their house, oh, I've never had an AC leak in my house. Why have I got one on my car? Well, the, the car's moving. The actual yeah. engine that it's bolted to is flexing. There's rubber joints. The engine is, well, there's an exhaust manifold on it that's getting 700, 800 degrees C and the, the AC pipes are running relatively close to that. The temperature inside the engine bay is easily over 70 yeah. at any one point and, and the AC's got to run there and, and you've got the, the glass and the dashboard that's probably 60, 65 degrees from sitting in the sun all day. Yeah. These things really do have an effect and it's very, very 
hard for AC to work, let alone without it being serviced properly. Mm. You know what? Something else I've, I've started noticing recently is, especially as it gets really warm, and you walk by vehicles that have just stopped or or are just sitting there. Mostly, they've just they've just stopped. The smell of fuel when I walk by the backside, I'm just kind of going. <laughs> Is that guy got a fuel leak? Yeah. Or it's just the fumes from the gas tank, the petrol tank, because it's it's so full. And, you know, petrol lets off fumes. Yeah, when I first moved here, they, um, I was always told, if whenever I went to the petrol station by the, by the guy that ran the company I worked for, don't fill the tank to full. Never let them fill it to full on any of our vehicles. And a lot of our vehicles are quite old. Yeah. But, you know... Modern fuel systems have vapor recovery when you're fueling. They have, in theory, sealed fuel systems, but they, they do fail safe to the point where if the pressure gets so high, they will vent. Hmm. But, you know, you get situations where on a modern fuel system, if if, if the pressure does get high and the, the purge valve, which monitors the fuel vapor, stays open and sticks open, the engine can be flooded with um, petrol fumes and vapours mm. to the point where it won't start on hot. So if it's been sat in the sun all day, if there's a fault with that valve, it won't start. And we do get that quite a lot. Mm. But the, the, the plastics and the materials that, that make these systems up will fail before you get any kind of failure with the tank, usually, unless there's a weak point in your tank and it's just a mm. manufacturing defect or some kind of impact. But there are fail-safes, obviously the cap on the on the filler neck is, oh, yeah. is is pressure relief on there as well so that's probably where you're getting it from um, it's pretty strong too and some of these yeah i walked past like whoa oh, yeah like, <laughs> some of the american so be smoking around this vehicle if you're a smoker yeah some of the california <laughs> spec american cars that have uh, vapor recovery so that you know you, we've all seen the the fuels when you fuel in the car the, the fumes evaporating out of the yeah. the tank right well, in, in California, that's supposed to be not allowed, most of North America. Okay. So they have onboard vapor recovery when you're fueling. And, you know, a lot of them force you to have the engine off and the key out before you can open the petrol flap. And they kind of work, but when they don't work, they just dump it everywhere. Right. So you're getting raw fuel out and you'll be driving the car and sat in traffic and think, what's that? You know, there's a there's a couple of technical bulletins on some of the old XK Jaguars that have that problem. Jo- John John Ellis, he yeah, yeah. he had uh, he's got two. Of course he does. Two American <laughs> XKs. And um, why would he buy two American XKs? Well, I think he only intends to buy one. I mean, right, that's that's a podcast in itself. Those cars. <laughs> but, then he realised I'm going to need you, parts. You sit down. And, you sit down and talk to him <laughs> about those two cars. I mean, you, you've got a series of podcasts there. The guys, the guys, you know, the, the, See what stock in Jaguar. The two best XK8s you could find based on everything it's done, sure. But, you know, that he's had the problem with, with one on, on there where the fuel tank and the fuel system is so complicated and so complex and unique to that spec that people have done all sorts of stuff. They crammed hose pipes in there to get oh, no. the fuel out when it came on the boat and damaged one of the close... Um, flaps inside the tank so it was just dumping fumes out which was putting the light on because it couldn't pressurise and I had loads of trouble with it real uh, got to a point where it's okay now but this is a big deal you get fuel fuel fumes all the time quick one have we missed the boat it's funny we're talking the XJ and boats, but have we missed the boat on on summer tires? Is this not the time to be buying tires now? It's the summertime. 
you know, do we get a better deal if we can wait until the fall or? Prices tend to go down towards the end of the year because obviously people want to get rid of stock ready for the new stock coming. But most stock of branded tyres for the current year didn't come until March and, and that'll be the same for 2022 and there was a bit of a delay on this year because of obviously the worldwide situation but usually sort of the 10th, 11th, 12th week of the month is when they start to arrive and then they clear customs and get mm. distributed around retailers and wholesalers so the end of the year from September onwards is when prices start to creep down and then you'll get the first sign is you'll get like free wheel alignment with any two, any two or four right, tires right. and then you'll get buy four, pay for three. Right. So, buy one, get one free. And then by the time January comes round and then really desperate for stock, you'll, you'll get some cracking deals. And, okay. and you know, there aren't many people, we do see them, but there aren't many people that get five years, which is the limit at the RTA here out of tires yeah. anyway. So to lose a year on the manufacturing date, you know, to go in January and February and buy a 2021 tyre, I don't think it's a big deal. Mm. Most people don't get that time out yeah. of tyres anyway. I think my tyres are hitting, just about hitting three years and I think they're they're done. Yeah. I mean, they're they, they, still tread life, but I just think they've, they just, there's just a feel when I'm driving. I get that feel. You just know the feel. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, something feels different. It something feels different. It's like, sound yeah. a bit different. Yep. And you're like, oh, I think these tyres have done their life. Yeah. So... Yeah, we're working on that. Hey, I wanted to, so that's good news. So you just get tires. <laughs> Always get tires. If you need tires, yeah. get tires. Stop, stop worrying about it. Yeah. Just, just go and do it. Uh, I wanted to also jump right back. I was listening to actually to one of our podcasts. Oh, I, you know, that's all I do is do the podcast. And then I listen to the podcast to see what we were talking about. Because even though I take notes and I'm here, it's always interesting when you listen back to the podcast, going, we were talking about that. It's like, it's amazing how... I'm yeah, here and I just totally forget. I'm kind of lucky that my wife doesn't listen to this. I think some of the stuff we talk about. <laughs> my wife never listens to the podcast. When I did radio, she, you know, people would say, oh, you must listen to James's shows. She goes, 12 years? I don't think I've ever listened to one of his shows. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't listen to one of them in the house. So she ain't going to take yeah. time out of the day to listen to me on there. Are you kidding? It's all sorts she could listen to. Uh, we, we were talking probably... Uh, you know, a little bit back about Total. Yeah. We were talking about oil and we were talking about the delivery of that oil and mm. the fact that it comes in, you know, plastic containers. And if you buy them, you can, you know, that's actually pretty affordable that way. They make it affordable that way, although it's not environmentally affordable. I, I wanted to follow up. Where are you at with all that? Well, we, we're actually, it's, it's, I mean, this people think this definitely isn't pre-planned. And I saw that on the notes and so that's not bad timing. So, Total, I can't say enough good about them. Yeah. Genuinely can't. You know, there's no incentive in it for me to sit here and wax on about them, but they have always, always helped where they can. They're very, very generous with um, credit terms and the fantastic product that they provide just allows us to not worry about it. You know, Colin from We Will Fix It, when he, when he first handed me the fleet and said, look after the vans, he was doing engines left, right and centre and it was definitely 100% down to oil. Really? 100% down to oil. People because underestimate. Because that's reduced. Yeah. That, the amount... No, we still change the engines from yeah, time yeah. to time but, but a lot of the time it's down to the fact that the busy driver who's on a deadline going somewhere misses a warning light or mm. doesn't understand the importance of it 
and and you know that guy might be an electrician by trade well I'd probably mess up wiring a DB whereas that guy's going to do it easily so we can't know everything yeah. and they just they're busy they're on deadlines you know and they don't necessarily take the time to think hmm, I need to stop here so that's usually what it is it's not just down to wear and tear mm. but Total Oil's great and 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 I stopped using them when PowerWorks opened I refused to use them because I couldn't get drums anymore they just right. stopped they were selling them to their distributor they, they, they'd employed or partnered with a distributor here to handle their retail market and I wasn't having it because the reason I didn't use other brands was partly because they weren't the same quality that we were accustomed to and needed in Europe but also because I was dealing with a distributor and those distributors are a pain mm. they're, they're just a nightmare we're just a little customer they do not care about us they're not interested we they don't there's no care and attention to our needs they don't care about the size of the order they don't care if they're a day late or two late it doesn't matter to them because they've got the rights to sell that product and nobody's going to take it off them so total back and forth eventually said look we'll do you the drums and you can continue to buy from us thank you for your feedback it's valuable and I think they've addressed the situation now mm. and there's other people like ours like us that are benefiting from dealing directly with Total again and we're getting oil in drums nice. and we've just managed to get oh. 020 and 520 wonderful which are Land Rover Ford Jaguar Jeep VW Group current standard of oils for the fully alloy engines and 020 and 520 right. in the drum and we'll probably stop using the drums of 540 and just get 530 and then we will likely need to get a drum of uh, 20w50 for some of the older engines or people that do 5000 kilometer service intervals mm. how, how long does a drum last you it depends you, you you've got 208 liters in a drum an average oil capacity on a vehicle is about six and a half. Most of them take between five and six, the four-cylinder stuff, and then sometimes you get a six-cylinder or an eight-cylinder that will take over eight or nine litres. Mm. About six, six and a half litres is the average per service job card if we look at our company as a whole. Um, so, you know, you, you've got maybe, if, you, if you're busy, you might, a drum might go in a week. Okay. So, or two weeks. Um, so the next stage of it is we're looking at getting a bulk storage so we don't even need to use the drums anymore. Hmm. So we'll have a bulk storage where we'll have literally a tank that will be pumped that we can, you know, just get the, the wagon to turn up and, and fill every month or whatever it takes. Nice. Um, that will be hopefully in the next couple of months will be at that point. So that's yeah, that's the what challenge at. with that is real estate. Where do you put the bulk tank? Yeah, well, we can put the bulk tank where we're keeping the drums. Okay. And the, the, the benefits of it are because of the way it will be fitted. Um, we can have measured lines and measured hmm. um, pumps so that we know exactly what's gone out. Or we can keep a track of it easier. It's very hard to just shake a drum and say, ah, it's about half full. You can yeah. dip it, but then what do you do with that? <laughs> so, you know, it's just just a lot easier yeah. to to manage and to, to keep on top of the consumption. So that's where we'll hopefully go. And I think 
that's a lot better for the environment. The same truck that's going to bring us a drum every couple of weeks is is, is now just going to come once a month hmm. and fill up a bolt tank. And we know we've always got the oil. And like I say, most vehicles now will take 520 or 020 and we've got the 530 in a drum if we need it. So Nice. Wow, that's good. Well, you know, hats off to Total for yeah doing what they do. And as you said, you've had you've had great success with them as far as keeping motors running. So yeah, I mean, look, they're not, to hear they're back with you. They're not the cheapest. They're not the most expensive, but they are the ones that the quality doesn't waver yeah. from what we've seen, and and they're always there. Our sales rep and their regional managers are always on the end of the phone. They're literally always on the end of the phone and they'll call you back if, if you've called them and they haven't answered and they'll, they'll handle any issues if, if they need to as and when they can. So, Awesome. Well, good. That's, I'm happy to hear that, actually. And that means if you've still got some drums, you're going to be making more chairs. So. Yeah, we're going to make some more chairs. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, here's an interesting one because, you know, we always talk about television. And I, I, I found this one on Autoblog. Mm. And what interested me about this Autoblog article was the car, of course. <laughs> and spectacular, actually. When, you, when I'm looking at this Mercedes, it is... Hard to believe it's a real thing. The Mercedes Maybach 6 concept, but it's real. And wow. I mean, it's yeah. it's so pretty. It's, it's yeah. just a pretty, pretty car. Yeah. And what, what caught my mind was they're talking Michael Keaton playing Bruce Wayne and Batman again. And I'm going, this has got to be a joke. <laughs> Michael Keaton's... What is like a hundred years old now? Like he's he's coming back to be Batman. And well, he'd be wearing a mask and a suit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like awesome. <laughs> now I, I I know that this this opens up a whole you know is it you know was was Michael Keaton the Batman that had the little nipples you know or was that Val Kilmer? I can't I mean, remember. I, I, I mean, I, I can't really remember. Oh no, that that actually might have been uh, George Clooney. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. One of those is, but you know, Michael Keaton is Batman again, and that's kind of cool. And and driving around in this Maybach, which really they don't have to do much to to make it look like a Batmobile. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it's uh, very. You can imagine uh, Alfred getting it ready for him. It's very uh, swanky. Yeah. It's. I mean, it. It's. It. It looks a bit more. It looks it looks like it'd be at home on the French Riviera or something. Absolutely, it very um, very expensive, which it obviously would be, and it also looks very nautical. Yeah. Where the back of it goes, and it just looks like a something that you'd see driving off the side of a massive yacht. It it, it kind of looks like a yacht. The I'm, yeah. I'm they just sort of tempt you there with that red one in the background <laughs> of the picture that clearly is an AMG version or something. Yeah. That's just like, it just looks faster than the blue one already. But when you look at the interior with all the blue lights and stuff, yeah. I mean, it's a yacht. It, it really is. What I, what I, I'm trying to blow up some of the, the, the rear view mirrors. I, I don't understand. What is it? 1992. We don't have mirrors anymore. Yeah. Who uses those things? Yeah. They're screens. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. They're all yeah. just screens. Yeah. They, you know, they, they, of course this thing's electric as well. They show when they open up yeah. the hood, what it looks like. 750 horsepower off these electric, you know, it's like. People need to realize about electric cars. Power is so easy to get from an electric mower. Yeah. The torque's instant. 
and way more than you can get from an internal yeah. combustion engine and the, the power is ridiculous however <laughs> I think the impact on um, economy yeah. or range if we're still calling it range um, is why why are you manufacturing why are manufacturers still saying I, I saw the so there was a review it was the ID for the Mustang Mach-E the XC40 and a Hyundai Kona Okay. And it was a review of those four electric cars. Yeah. The winner was the Mach-E. Second place was the ID4 from VW. And it said, by far the best car here in every way, just too sensible. Well, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you sensible if you buy an electric car or sensible, perceived to be, if you buy an electric car anyway? Yeah. So that didn't make sense to me. But everywhere, it, the official sort of blurb was range. Yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change the word. Stop people worrying about range. Stop just saying. Don't even mention it. Yeah, it's not. It's not an issue anymore. They need to figure it out. Like forty kilometers per kilowatt, or whatever they want to call it. Like, yeah. just get rid of the word range. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm Shazad um, Brown Car Guy. Brown Car Guy was testing an electric mini, right? And we've said this before. All companies that have a classic or well loved model should just re-release it with an electric motor in it. Yeah. VW should have never stopped doing the Beetle. They should have said it's going to be electric only. Citroen can bring their 2CV abomination back. <laughs> Fiat can keep the Fiat 500 going. No. You know, I, Jaguar can bring the E-Type back. Who wants one? The new Jaguar, yeah. put an E-Type with an electric motor in it. People are doing that already. You know, the, the original little Honda Civic, that little tiny mini-esque vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't they bringing one of those back electric? Just do your classic cars. Just put yeah. electric motors in them. And then can we please just all move on to hydrogen? Yeah. Because Shazad, so as we mentioned about Shazad, Shazad was doing the mini and got a notification. He's doing a live video. And he was sat charging his mini from, I think he went from 60% to 100%, but it took him over an hour. Interminable. Like the video was great. And was it he was just eating his lunch? Good opportunity eat? for him to do a video. And he, for somebody who creates content, yeah. sitting, charging your car and Have creating content at the same time, yeah. he's not losing any time because he's working, right? Yeah. Great, no problem. But for an average person, it's like, oh, and, and the, the sort of alternative is, well, you just don't need to charge it in the day, charge it overnight. Well, couple of doors down from us when I was a kid the house burnt down the fire brigade said that it was because they left the TV on standby now we're supposed to be leaving electric cars on charge overnight are you having a laugh and if you put your car if you plugged your car in on our street at home guarantee you it get unplugged by the first kid that walked past yeah you know yeah so what are we doing you move on hydrogen let's get on to the hydrogen just the, the charging side of it is such a massive drawback and it's i i don't think you can say what you want oh charge overnight or charge it while you're at work well, no yeah. no they tell you not to charge your phone overnight because your battery will drain because it'll make your battery life look worse and you should always be as close to as fully empty on your battery power as you can be before you over, before you charge it and then yeah. well <laughs> I'm not doing it I'm not going to what, what, what do you what do change? You, yeah you get home and it says your battery's got 60% you think alright oh, okay well yeah, you know, today I've only used 40 so if I use it tomorrow I'll not charge it because I don't want to damage my battery I'll just go yeah. and then you get stuck in a traffic jam Yeah. or you fancy putting your foot down on the back roads and 
oh, I've run out of juice. <laughs> now what? Then you, I don't know. It's, yeah. Well, one, one last thing before we, we get away from the Mercedes Maybach 6 concept, which is no longer concept. How long do you think till we see one here in Dubai? There's one here already. Yeah. I, I want to see it. it was I want to see one in the it flesh. It was made and <laughs> just like with the six-wheel G63, right? Yeah. And I would hope His Highness has got one. I'm already. sure he's... I, I can't wait. I just want to see one of these things. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful car. It is. But you could put a hydrogen fuel cell in oh, the back. Oh, for of sure. It. But forget the vac. Put it in the front where they've got all the everything else. It's right. It's right there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting times because all cars now will handle well. I think even the yeah. Americans will be able to make a well handling car because the floor pan is the battery or the hydrogen cell. Yeah. And the weight, the sort of center of gravity is so low, and there's no big heavy engine over the front or the back. Yeah. And it and it makes for easy sort of engineering in terms of handling and steering and everything else yeah. but I, I just and I say the power is effortless I, I want to want to jump over while we're talking about electric stuff I think Ford has nailed it and you know Ford has the cachet you know people love a Ford with their electric fleets that have come out the, you know the the, the, the Ford electric to, uh, 2020 uh, 2020 Ford F-150 Lightning mm. the E transit commercial van like the numbers of pre-orders for these vehicles have gone through the roof yeah like it's and then i was you know so i'm looking at the pre-orders and then they're just talking about the bronco it says good luck at getting one of those like it's they've got the elon musk order model nailed that you're not going to be able to buy one of those for years because there's some ridiculous number of of broncos have been ordered i i think it says that they're at uh, it was up here. 190,000 customers have reserved a Bronco. That's a lot. <laughs> 190,000 people want to own the Bronco. Yeah, it's a lot. And look, it's a nice looking thing. Yeah. And it, like it's like we've just said, it, comp- comp- manufacturers, they've got a famous, well-loved, often missed yeah. model should bring them back as electric and sell them. You know, that... Perfect, perfect. Because it doesn't matter. Then it really doesn't matter about. Oh well, we can't bring that back because it's got like a tractor engine in it, and it didn't really handle that well. And this was the problem, and it wasn't great, and it wasn't very aerodynamic. So the carbon footprint was high. Well, put a fuel cell in it or a battery for now, and sell it. Um, Just figure out what you're going to do with the old batteries when they're dead. That's the big thing, and I think that's going to be, you know, it's it's how these automotive manufacturers get it right so that they can say, okay, yeah, you know what? We're going to have the batteries. You're going to have to replace them out every now and then eventually. Yeah. Or if you decide to get rid of the thing after four or five years and it, it maybe it goes to the scrap heap, maybe, you know, you sell it secondhand. Then it goes, what are you going to do with the, what are you going to do with all the stuff? And I think once they start talking about that, I think those are the manufacturers, people, yeah. I think that'll be a real sticking point because right now no one's thinking about it. Oh, you just take it to the, the scrapyard. You just get rid of it. You just go like, who? it's like, yeah, but now hold on. We got a whole bunch of other parts now to think about. Yeah. And we don't want to throw our Duracells or our, you know, into the, the garbage because it leaches into the water table. That's just a Duracell battery. What happens when you got a hundred thousand electric vehicles ended up in the scrapyard? You don't want those things sitting yeah. there. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's untold amounts of damage you see the problem is there's going to be there's going to be loads of mistakes made because it's new and we're humans and we make mistakes in everything we do the problem is we're in such a bad position at the moment 
yeah. environment wise that we can't really afford that many massive mistakes. No, we can't, and, and we, what do you do? We can't afford a mistake at all here. We yeah, have yeah. to have a plan. There are there are Teslas on the road where the batteries will have been replaced. Yeah. What do they do with the old ones? Like this, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious. There's Teslas. I'm not, 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 I'm not just having to go to Tesla yeah, yeah. there because no. Tesla have just been around long enough that yep. the sort of six, seven years that they expect you to get out of them has passed. Yeah. You know, what was the first, the first Tesla Roadster, the little one, what was that like? 2007 or something? Yeah. Well, maybe onto its third. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. And I, I, I just find it, you know, really interesting from a communication perspective that no one, that that isn't a big message that they're talking about. Yeah, these are, not only do these things, you know, become a slightly greener vehicle in that they're not burning, you know, fossil fuels, but also how we're dealing with what is in those vehicles. The day-to-day use of the vehicle from leaving the showroom to um, end of life, I agree providing you're using renewable power, which is another problem. I don't understand why it's so expensive to put solar in houses. I don't get it either. But anyway. (laughs) I don't get it. I think those solar panels have come down. If you're using renewable to charge your car every night, fire hazard, then (laughs) you're you're in a situation where, yes, the day-to-day running of the car is much better than the car your neighbours drive, which has got an engine in it. But the production of the car, the manufacturing of the battery, and then the disposal of the battery. Hmm. Come on, yeah. I think there's a there's a there's a it's a false it's a false a price to pay there, yeah. and I'm not sure where it we, ends up evening out to, and, yeah. I, and that that's and it's purely not ignorance because nobody's telling us that. Yeah, you know nobody's telling us that. I remember Top Gear did a in the UK on BBC did a about the Prius when the Prius was the big thing and all the mm. all the celebrities were having them in America and oh look I've got a Prius I'm looking after the environment and they actually went through the numbers and said look owning a Prius for a few years you've done more damage to the environment than if yeah. you'd owned the equivalent Toyota with a purely internal combustion engine in it yeah. and it's like nobody's telling you that because what I, I don't yeah, I don't okay. I don't really understand what People need to be told, and and there, there's going to be mistakes. We have to accept there's going to be mistakes in everything we try and do. Yeah. They'll they'll make a mistake in it. You know, AC systems used to have R12 gas in, and that turns into mustard gas. Yeah, there we go. That wasn't great, was it? No. And and, and damage to the environment and CFCs and the ozone layer, and used to spray that under our armpits, CFC. Yeah. So you know we've got to we're going to make mistakes, and we we just run out of. Slack. The buffer. We don't yeah. have much of a buffer anymore. So yeah, and I, and I just... People need all the information they can. People need to be able to say how long-term is this electric vehicle situation in terms of we're going to use batteries. There's got to be a better way. You know, I, I kind of liken it to the A380s Airbus. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, great aircraft, and they were the, they were the thing, right? And... Now we're seeing and complete airports retooled. Yeah, well, to, look, to well here, we are. yeah here you know Dubai is you know Emirates airline fully bought into the A380. This was the backbone of its fleet. Yeah, we've got airlines around the world who are no longer you know they're not making A380s anymore. We've got you know we've got airlines that have have dumped them. They've just said look you know they just they don't they're not efficient for us. Yeah, complete airport restructuring complete you know runways had to be redone in some cases and to accommodate these new aircraft that in 10 years time there's not going to be these new aircraft 
this is not going to be the aircraft anymore. We're moving to, you know, still large aircraft, but not double-decker A380s any longer. And so the, the, re the reason I bring this up is we, we've demonstrated that we can pivot and we can make a change. And, and when an idea is a great idea, and it was a great idea, but if it doesn't work in our environment anymore, and that's the physical environment and our business environment, that we can make a change. And I, I hope we're able to do that with cars. And if we realize, as we keep saying, hydrogen is the way to go. Electricity is, is great, but you're, if, it's, if it's dirty electricity, then you know, yeah. what are we, and, and the components of the car really are, are gonna have to be disposed of as well. You're really, you, you're getting one small area where you can click, you know, check the box and say, yeah, this is a green vehicle because you're not burning, you know, it's not combustion. So, you, yeah. but what about the disposal of everything else? And, yeah. and, and that balances out. So I'm hoping if we think about this and down the road and we bought into it, and we've invested so much, we can say, yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where you can kind of sit, look, and nobody's pretending that hydrogen no. fuel cell comes without pollution in terms of producing the cells and, sure. and, and, and everything else. And that there's going to be no disposal needed of those when they fail or whatever it is. And there's just, there's no information on anything. Yeah. Nobody, nobody can make a, nobody can come out and say, well, this is what happens if you do that. You know, there's no public service announcement. There's no adverts on the TV or the radio or anything saying, well, look, this is the, this is the new VW ID4 and this is the impact on the environment from production. And then this is what happens when you get rid of it. Nobody seems to want to say that. Well, I'm sorry, but the battery's going to fail yeah. eventually. And they, and you know, the, the one that kills me is the data is there. Like the manufacturers know. They've of done course this. they've got to know. They've done this. Yeah. They've, they've, they've investigated it. Or they've got, they've got best estimates. Yeah. And, and people should have that. People should be, a, should be able to use that information. And I'm not sat here defending internal combustion engines because I've got kids that are, you know, hopefully going to be around for the next best part of 90 years. So I don't want them on a planet that's on fire and fighting over space and food. Of course I don't. And, you know, I, I just think that it's no risk to my being to change from internal combustion at all. You know, people are going to appreciate their internal combustion engines more and they're going to appreciate those vehicles more and they're still making them for the next... Most manufacturers are going to make them for the next five, six years anyway. Yeah. Most of the big European manufacturers, that will be the... I think Audi said 2026 is the last time they'll make one. It's another five years and then they'll be in warranty for five years before I see them and then... So for 15, 20 years, I'm good on new cars, right? Yeah. So no trouble. But I think having that transition is fine, but everybody is doing it because it's like having an iPhone. It's just cool. Everyone's got one. Well, I'll get one. I'll get a Tesla. I'll get an electric car. Yeah. What are you actually doing with it when it's five, six years old? These things are flaming expensive as well. Yeah. So we, that's it. People need to be making a list and saying, okay, yeah. what's the value of actually having this thing? Whether it be internal combustion, whether it be electric, you know, hydrogen, alternative, no, no vehicle. Yeah. 
a good friend of mine asked me, he actually called me on the way here today. This was a different conversation, but a few weeks ago he asked me, I'm thinking about getting a new car. Um, sorry to say, I'm going to get a brand new one. Obviously that means you wouldn't be coming to me. But what do you think of an electric car? I went, fantastic, mate. I said, if you get in one and drive it, I guarantee you'll buy it. It doesn't matter which one you go for, whether yeah. it's the, the Chevy Bolt or whether it's a top of the range dual motor Tesla, you'll go and buy it. I said, go, go and drive the Audi e-tron or whatever you want, you'll buy it. But do you own your house? Because if you don't own your house, you're going to have trouble putting solar in and you're going to have trouble putting charging stations in. If you own your house definitely do it because you like value to, value to your house anyway it'll the charging port is there but the rest of the solar system will power the house you'll be doing a massive favour to the environment go for it no no problem but if you're renting which he, which he is I wouldn't recommend it because you've got to faff around with all these yeah and, and you're plugging it in and where's the energy coming from and, and you know it's similar situation you've got two daughters who are young and You've got to get rid of it eventually, mate. And it's on a it's on a six, seven year service interval, so you're gonna be driving it around for six, seven years, but then what? Yeah. You know, I I just I I, I think there's there's a massive rush for it and I get it. It's you know, we did it, you know, the space race happened and that was great and everything else that came from it, but then what happened was forty years, fifty years of not really doing anything. We realised sending men into space or mankind into space obviously thankfully women go there now wasn't that good hmm. really there wasn't that much we could do you know we sent the jellyfish into space and did an experiment with them and you know we, we, we've got rovers on Mars now and the next thing will be you know maybe a few thousand people will go with Elon Musk to live on Mars and try that out and that's going to end in tears but who, who am I to <laughs> who am I to complain but you know it, people are people are getting drawn into this oh that's cool that's the cool thing to do yeah. that's 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 definitely what we need to do and I, I just think that there's not enough information out there and I could be totally wrong but the reason I am wrong is because I've got a perception of it because I don't have the information and I, and I just think we need to be a bit more conscious of of the choice we make when it comes to electric vehicles and, and for me I'm not going to invest any money in a new car certainly not an electric one when I feel like in, in 15 years they're going to be the devil because of the damage they've done and on that note it's time to say thank you very much Glenn no, <laughs> no one's buying electric cars word from Glenn Power uh, no, a lot of fun as always informative educational entertaining Glenn Power PowerWorks Automotive at Glenn that car guy if you want to get in touch with me that's James Cast uh, it's just fun fun conversation lots more of these to come and if you're loving what you're hearing both with the PowerWorks podcast and others, head our back catalog, whether it's on Podaholics or on my own channel, The James Cast, just scroll down, listen to the PowerWorks. And it's 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 a lot of fun. I really get to enjoy it. I've smacked my head on a bonnet and these <laughs> headphones have made, made me realize it's really hurting. <laughs> Keep listening, share the link. So long for now.